microphone that I've struggled with personally a lot of my life, and that's the, the voice of opinion in my life. And so I, I, was, I was getting ready for this week. Um, we're going to tackle that this morning, amen? So um, I, I was reading this week about a, a, a format in broadcasting called talk radio, and it got its start in the 20s and the 30s, but sort of exploded in the 80s and 90s. Um, anybody remember when talk radio kind of sort of, you know, started taking over? Um, names like uh, Rush Limbaugh became household, um, you know, words. If you didn't like Rush, you know, maybe you're a little bit uh, on the wild side and you like Howard Stern. Nobody's going to raise their hand for that one. Uh, if you don't like, you know, didn't like Howard Stern, you know, maybe Don Imus in the morning. Maybe you spent a lot of time in the car with a guy by the name of Neil Bortz. And maybe, you know, you didn't listen to Neil, but maybe you logged in some time with Clark Howard. Anybody? Herman Cain um, is another one. And I know a lot of the younger people are like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Um, I have Spotify and Apple Music and podcasts, and that's what I know, and I don't know anything besides that. Um, but the, there was a time when you're in your car, more than likely, you know, you had on a format, which is still called to this day, talk radio, and it was all news and it was all talk. And that means you can turn us on at any hour of the day or night and somebody is talking. Okay, and, and they are telling you what they think about whatever subject it is that they're talking about. And they will have a guest on and maybe a panel on after the next break. And then we're going to open it up and we're going to take, call take calls from our listeners. And there's nothing better than the moment when they, they took calls from the listeners because you never knew what was going to happen. You knew it was going to be great. You know, Donna from Toledo is on the line and you're like, all right, what do you got for us today? <laughs> and Danny from San Francisco is on the line and you're like, what do you have in mind? And so you get all these random people calling in in this multiplied panel of guests and the hostess and the guy that can take three hours saying nine sentences over and over and over and it just dominated life for a lot of Americans for so long. And I would hate to think about how many collective hours we've listened to talk radio or what has now kind of evolved into television news and social network news. Uh, we're talking for a lot of us a thousands of hours of opinions. Opinions are on the mic. And an opinion as a definition is a belief or a judgment that rests on grounds insufficient to produce complete certainty. That's why in some cases, you guys have experienced this, you know, when you're making a massive decision and, and you get an opinion, even though that one person um, who gave you that opinion is an expert, you seek what? What do you seek? We're going to get a second opinion, right? But why are you going to do that? Because an opinion could come from an expert, but it's not sufficient enough to qualify as absolute truth, right? And so if it, if it was, if it was, you know, you'd go, okay, I've got my opinion. I'm ready to go. Um, but you're like, hey, that's a great opinion. And you have lots of credentials and, and you come highly recommended, but we're still going to get a second opinion. And we might even, because this is a really, really big decision, get a third opinion, right? And that's the side of opinions. That side of it is good because we know scripture says, the Bible says there's wisdom in the abundance of counselors, right? But that's not the opinion that we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about the opinion that is in the world that we live in, this kind of echo chamber, if you will, of talk radio and news stories and, and voices in our lives that has become our lives. And today, you and, I, you and I have to ask the question, what opinion has made it into our story? And are there some opinions that are still in our story that need to be out of our story? To ask it a different way, 
was something said to you or about you that still shapes the way that you see you? Was an opinion given about you that has over time morphed into your opinion about yourself? Or do you live out of what God says about you? Or are you living for what you need other people to say about you? There's a lot of voices, aren't there? See, these are, these are the markers that let us know when opinion gets on the mic. And so just this week, just this week, I was having coffee with Pastor David Kinnan. He's over at Fountain Springs. I love that guy. We've been uh, growing a relationship over this last year. And he pastors the largest church in, in Rapid and is such a down-to-earth and a, and a humble guy. And they're working through some change, some healthy change, he believes. And just in short conversation with him, I believe it's healthy change, too, that they've, that they've come to believe and understand through the pandem- pandemic this last year. And he said, as I was having coffee with him this Thursday morning, when I met with him, he said, I can quote you from memory a text that I received this week that tells me why the decision that I made is wrong and why they are not coming back to church until I fix it. That opinion is on the mic. Another call I was on this week is a monthly video conference that I attend with a group of Foursquare pastors with a certified Christian counselor that leads it. There's about eight of us in the group um, and it's called the Senior Pastor Triage Group. I'll just let you figure out why it's called that. Um, But we spend an hour and a half together every month. And it's mostly just sharing our stories and letting a group of trusted peers carry that stuff with us, okay? And so some of it is pretty heavy. The, 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 The big idea is that you are not alone and we want to support each other in ministry and in life. And so you can imagine there are a lot of wounds for a group of pastors, especially after a year like the one that we just walked through. And so in this heated climate, you can almost you know, decide or say anything that will get a people upset rather quickly. And, and, and that's, yes, even Jesus-loving people, right, in the church. We are part of a large district of churches. And so some of them, these pastors that are in this group live in states or counties where mask mandates are going back into effect this weekend. And, and one pastor who I love dearly was sharing that they had to ask their congregation if they were going to you know, comply with the government to, to wear masks. And, and because he made an exception for an elderly couple with breathing issues, they were, they were going to wear masks until they came to their seat. And then after they sat down, removed their masks, that one of the congregation, congregants came up to him right after the service and called the pastor a Nazi for not caring about people's health and well-being. And, and they left the church. And as soon as he finished that story, that pastor finished that story, another pastor said, yeah, I was called a Nazi this week too. Similar story. And so, you know, I'll tell you, I'm not immune and I know you're not immune sitting in this room this morning from opinion getting on the mic. Um, This has been a a personal struggle of mine since I was a teenager. Um, And I know maybe some of you are struggling even right now this morning. Just this week, I heard if you put them all together... If you put them all together, and you've probably heard the same thing, I've heard a laundry list of things of people who disagree with the, the way that even the way that Dan and I pastor. And, and as a leader, you know it's, it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon for any of us. Some of them, you know, have even left the church. And it's, it's not easy to hear those things without harboring some hurt. Anybody feel that? And so, um, but listen, this morning isn't about not listening to opinion. That's not what this is about. I think it's very important and healthy to allow different voices to speak into your life if you know how to filter. 
opinions can help us grow and learn and adapt and better ourselves, but if we let them, these voices can have devastating and long-term effects on who we think we are and how we operate in life. And God's got some great news for us today, and it all rests on two big ideas. I'm going to have you write down if you're taking notes on the backside of your bulletins. And one of them is guard and the other is garner. So let's start with the first one. The way that we get opinion off the mic is we learn how to guard our heart. That's the first big idea today. You and I must take up the responsibility to guard our heart. If you have your scripture, I want you to look at this text. Um, We entered into it a few weeks ago. It's the one we opened up with this morning, but I want us to unpack it a little bit further today. Proverbs chapter four, beginning in verse 20. The writer says, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Now that's the passage that we talked about week one, that the commodity that this world wants from us right now, even more than the payment from your debit card, is the world wants your attention, right? That's the way everything is set up because we are screen-oriented people in our culture, and so your screen is set, it's an algorithm, there's an algorithm that carefully is calculated to get your attention. And I don't know exactly how it works, but I know some of you in this room have experienced too. It's a little bit scary, but it seems like if you're just talking about wanting to learn how to surf, lo and behold, you're going to have something turn up in your feed about surfboards and surf lessons. Anybody have that happen? Yes. And all other kinds of surfing stuff up in your feed from now on for the rest of the week, because somehow the powers that be know that that's what you're interested in right now. So we're going to drop that in so you can click on this site and go to this link and follow this trail and give us your attention. Because when we give attention by the comment or the click or the following down that trail, that ends up being dollars and cents for somebody, right? And so God understands that our attention is a valuable commodity. And so he says at the beginning of this text, listen carefully to everything that I teach you. You see it there? You hear it there? Listen carefully. Pay attention to all the things that I have to say. Listen closely to my words is what he's saying. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about me. And what if I had an equal amount of the input of God's word in my mind and in my life as I had of the last 12 months alone, you know, of listening to opinions and people talking about, you know, the various subjects in my life and in your life, the hundreds of hours, think about it, that we invested in 2020 listening to opinions. What if we had invested hundreds of hours paying close attention to what God was saying? He says, fill your thoughts with my words. These aren't my words, they're his words. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, what does it say? Guard your, guard the affections of your heart. Guard your heart. For they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being for from there flows the wellspring of life. And then he finishes by saying, I don't want us to miss this either. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. Set your gaze on the path before you. 
with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Watch where you are going. Stick to the path of truth and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked even for a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. And so the key phrase that we're resting in today goes back to verse 23, right? So above all, guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being for from there flows the wellspring of life. I want us to talk about that for a moment. I want us to take some time. That's the first of these big ideas, guard your heart. It's interesting how this instruction comes to us and the proactivity of this instruction. We'll see all through scripture, God is promising to guard us, right? Um, he he gum, comes to guard us. We see this. He says, I'll protect you. I'll cover you. I'll shield you. I'll be with you. But then he says right here, you have something to guard also. I'll guard you, but you guard your heart. In other words, I'll cover you, but it's up to you to guard your heart. And here's why you want to pay attention to that instruction, because whatever flows into your heart is what's going to flow out of your life. That's what it's saying in the scripture. Whatever comes in is what's going to come out. He calls it the well spring of life. Whatever water you put in the well, right? <laughs> so not necessarily just our human heart, although you want to guard that also, but guarding the heart of your thoughts, your mind, your emotions. Why? Because if you squeeze your thoughts and your mind and your emotions, the life that comes out is what's inside of here. You see that? And so you've got to be careful what comes in because you can't change it magically with a filter. In other words, you don't, you don't put the filter on, on the outflow, what's coming out. God is saying, put the filter on the inflow guard, what gets in. And if the right thing gets in, you won't have to worry about what comes out. He's telling you and me today, I want you to take up responsibility to guard your heart because your life is going to flow out of whatever you have allowed into that space. This is a powerful idea. And what he's saying basically is you've got to take back control of the microphone. That's right. <laughs> right? If you're going to guard your heart, especially from opinion, you've got to take back the mic. We've talked about um, guarding our hearts um, from fear two weeks ago. Um, guarding our hearts from comparison last week, and now guarding ourselves from opinion. And opinion really is anything that's contrary to what God thinks. And, and that's, that's what we want to guard our hearts from, okay? Uh, and, and so we're looking for that person in our life. I don't know if you've seen them before, but they're always in the equation, it seems like. And their leading line is, well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I think you know that guy or that, that, that person, or, or maybe you're that person. Or they'll ask, you know, you, you know they'll ask, well, well, do you want to know what I think? Right? And so in our minds, we've got to take an on-guard mentality. So we don't go, yeah, sure, I've got an hour, so tell me about what you think. <laughs> right? Because I've already been listening to what they think and what they think and what they think and what they think they know and whoever was on the mic and, and I heard what they thought. Now when somebody says, hey, do you want to know what I think? You need to go in your mind, I'm going to guard my heart right now. So internally, and maybe you need to say it externally too, but for sure internally, I'm saying, 
yes, I'd love to know what you think if you've been saturated in God's word and you've been centered on God's will and if you are filled with God's spirit and if you're about God's plan and about God's purposes and if you care about the best uh, in me and the best outcome for God's glory, then yes, I'd be open to hearing what you think. But if those other things aren't, if those things aren't true, uh, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not really interested in your, in your opinion then. Um, because I'm on a mission right now and my mission is to guard my heart. So you know, I'll listen to you. I'll give you, I'll give you some time on the mic, but I'm not going to let you hold it for very long because I'm guarding my heart. I want to make sure I put the filter on the inflow so that I get the life at the end of the day that God wants me to have. And so we're guarding against these thoughts and opinions that are contrary to God's view. I'm gonna say these really quickly, where they come from. They're coming from four places. So get your pens ready. They're coming from number one, from the enemy. He is filled with opinions about you, right? They're coming from number two, our inner circle, our friends and family. There are tons of comparisons and and opinions that come from them about you, right? They're coming from the court of public opinion. And right now in our world that we live in, everybody apparently gets an opinion about you and can comment on some social media platform, right? And let you know what their opinion is. And so there's this court of public opinion out there. And some of these people you know, and a lot of them you might not even know. And then the fourth place, these opinions are coming from inside our heads. In other words, the opinions that we have formed about ourselves, the opinions that we've formed about our lives and our purpose. Oftentimes, those opinions are contrary to God's thoughts about our lives as well. And he says to the enemy and to your inner circle and to the court of public opinion and what's coming even from your own thoughts, he said, guard your heart and make sure only the things that align with my purpose will get through. And so that's what we're going to talk about for a moment, taking back the mic, making sure the message on the mic is the voice of God. And honestly, making sure if, if I get on the mic, I'm repeating the voice of God in my life, right? And how do you do that? Well, I, I want to offer up just a couple of practical ways. And if, you're, and if you're leading an organization, this is really also, it's just a really, really good way to lead a meeting, to like to lead a group of people. But within these principles, are practical steps about how to fight against these lies or opinions that I always want to get in the story. So let's just kind of set this up. Like we're, we're going to be leading a meeting, okay? So the first thing is something that you want to do on a Thursday before the meeting on Friday, and that is we're going to, we want to open up our story or, or by planning or planting a powerful story. So in other words, when you walk into a meeting, you don't go, you know, hey, everybody, how's everybody doing? Glad you're here today. Anybody got something you'd like to say? (laughs) That's not how you start a meeting. You start a meeting with, hello, everybody. I'm glad you're here today. We're going to talk about X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to, uh, I I picked somebody before the meeting. I'm going to have them share this morning. Would anybody like to share? Oh, yes, you would like to share because I already talked to you before the meeting. And you don't say that out loud. I already talked to you before the meeting. And I'm going to have you share. Why did I pick you before the meeting? Because I heard through somebody on our team that the phenomenal story that you were involved in that will benefit and excite our entire team. Right, And when I heard it, I said, I want the whole team to hear that. And I decided that you were going to go first in the meeting today because before some other joker gets on the mic, uh, you are going to get on the mic because somebody else sets the tone. I don't want that. I want you to set the tone. And so then that person gets up and shares an amazing story about what has happened sometime in the last month. And then maybe somebody else gets up and shares an incredible update about what's been happening this week also. And everybody goes, wow, that's amazing. 
right? So that's the way you start. The first thing that you've got to do as a leader is set the tone. You set the tone. You start and plan with a great story and you're not just making stuff up. You're not planning false stories. You just identify the right stories and you put them at the lead of the pack. And so you pre-plan. And so what does that mean about Thursday? It means on Thursday that you don't wake up and just turn on the mic. On Thursday, you plan and plant a story of opinion on the mic of your life that you know is a God story and a good story, a story that's going to lead you to life and not death, that's going to give you meaning and purpose for the day. It's, 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 it's that thing of, well, I even do this. When, when people send me an encouraging word or an email or a text, I file that away in a little folder for Thursdays when I need them. <laughs> And I'll put them in there and sometimes I pull them out when I, when I know I'm facing a big thing or I'm feeling down or I'm feeling defeated or I'm not feeling good enough. So you don't, you don't just wake up and say, well, I'll turn on the radio on the way to work or I'll turn on the radio while I'm in the shower or I'll listen to the news you know, while we're having breakfast and just see what kind of opinions are flying around. No, you start and you plan with a great story, a God story. You, you see that difference? The second thing that you do in a great team meeting is you do let people share. We want to hear, we want to hear other people's stories. You want people to feel like they have a voice. And so you say, would anybody else like to share? But when you do that, you always do that with boundaries. You say, and, and you know this, if you've been in meetings, you know this, you know, hey, we're going to open it up for anybody to share, but let's limit it to, you know, two minutes. Okay. Sharing time. What are you doing? You're just putting, you're just putting a boundary there. You're, you're trying to say, I'm interested to hear all kinds of stories from our organization, but nobody's going to do an hour presentation if that's what you're thinking, because this isn't the place or the time for that. So I'm going to put it in a boundary and everybody gets a couple minutes. And here's the thing about guarding your heart. To guard your heart, you must create and understand the power of boundaries. And you must take charge of the boundary because other people are not going to care or respect what you feel like is the right intake for your heart. So you're going to have to decide where's that boundary line and you're going to have to feel empowered to do it. Probably most of us has, have watched on the, on the public, even social media, uh, when, when somebody was tackled over something that they said or they did. And 2020 was a year when it seems like everybody just decided that they were all going to go berserk on social media. <laughs> and so it was a scary place to be for a lot of people. And I watched, as maybe you did too, some of these personalities or people that we know would write a little memo and put it right in their feed and say, hey, happy to have anybody comment on my feed, on my platform, but there's a few simple rules. And they'd write something like this, you know, keep it on subject, keep it short, keep it civil, <laughs> right? And, you know, who knew that the general public needed to relearn some of these common rules about, you know, public decency, right? But in other words, this post isn't about that. So thank you, but don't comment on this post about that. If you want to comment, that's great. But also we're not looking for books or publishing material here. Let's keep it brief. It's social media and let's keep it civil. And then how, how many of you saw something like that followed by something like this? Oh, and by the way, if you can't do that, I'll happily block you. <laughs> and do you know what some of us felt when we read that, even though maybe we really even respected this person a lot and we wanted to, you know, adopt all of those ideas, some of our reactions are like, oh, block you? 
What, that, what a bad guy. Are you afraid of the truth? You're gonna block somebody, blockity, block, block, block? You know, where did that come from? Do you know what that block button is? It's a boundary. And I'm saying I'm taking charge of the intake of my life and this is my platform, not your platform. And on my platform, I am gonna guard my heart. And I'm doing the best that I can to guard the hearts of all the other people who might be traveling through here too, because God is guarding me in a lot of areas, but he's given me the stewardship of guarding my heart. And I'm therefore gonna have to create a boundary. Why? Because other people don't care about your boundaries. They don't care about your heart. They don't care about the, the intake stream. They don't care about the tone. They don't care about the tenor. And so they're not gonna be rolling in going, I should probably think about some boundaries here because I'm an adult talking in a public space. Well, they should, <laughs> but some of us don't, right? They don't think that way. So then you have to create the boundary. And sometimes, you know, I, what I love is the, the, the feature in Facebook, block for 30 days. Okay, I'm gonna give them some grace in 30 days. <laughs> but for now, I'm gonna guard my heart. <laughs> and it's not just online. For some of you in your circle, you're gonna have to decide in this year, in 2021, there's gonna have to be some more margin here and more space here. You were in my inner four, but you're gonna have to maybe move to my outer nine now. Or you were in my inner nine, but in 2021, you're not gonna be in any of my anythings. <laughs> you are related to me maybe, but we're gonna limit our dialogue because I love you and because I'm guarding my heart and I'm gonna have to create a healthy boundary here. And this is, this is, listen, this is what every leader would do. In a meeting, it just seems simple, right? Well, not everybody can take an hour in the meeting, so we're gonna put some limits here. You got one minute to share in the meeting. Same principle, we're just expanding that and applying it to our life and saying, if I'm gonna guard my heart, that means there has to be boundaries that I set for me and boundaries that I establish for other people in my life. The third thing, and we've laughed about this in staff meeting a couple times, is when you do open the floor and you say everybody can share, but you've got a minute or two to share, rule number three is never let go of the mic. <laughs> you know that rule? It's like, oh, you'd like to share? Great, come on. And as soon as that person comes on, you know most likely they're trying to, this is like they're trying to get hold of that microphone and that's fine, you can hold it, and I can hold it, but we're both going to hold it. <laughs> Pastor Tanny used to do that on Sunday mornings. Anybody remember that? When somebody would get up to share. What does it mean? It's not a negative thing. Again, it, it just means that sometimes people will have a tendency, without even knowing it, to take and push that two-minute boundary or whatever it is that we had so that we could have a healthy meeting and stretch it out into a 25-minute story. <laughs> and then we've lost all the atmosphere and the direction and the focus. And so you keep your hand on that mic so that when the appropriate moment comes, you can go, wow, that was just so great. Can we all say thank you to Shane when, you know, because that was amazing. Everybody claps and we all feel great and we had a nice conclusion. Does anybody else have anything you'd like to say? Remember, we're trying to keep it to two minutes. Awesome, I'm still holding the mic. <laughs> Why? Because I'm guarding my heart. 
So take it out of the meeting context and translate this into your life. How do you hold the mic? Well, Jesus gave us an amazing picture of this and he's such a good role model because he knows, he knew what God wanted him to be about, right? And, but Jesus himself had to constantly guard his heart. You see it in scripture, especially from the opinions of other people because every one of his days was talk radio, right? And he had to make sure that he kept control of the mic. And so I love this story, Matthew 16, beginning in verse 13, Peter has been a hero in the story and he knew the right answer. And Jesus says, you know, who do people, who do, who do people say that I am? And then Jesus says to his followers, you know, but who do you, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus affirmed that. He says, flesh and blood don't reveal this to you, but my father in heaven and you're Peter. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. The gates of Hades won't prevail against it, Right. Beautiful story. Peter feels good. Everybody's excited. Jesus is affirming. And you're one of my guys. I've got 12 guys and you're one of my three guys, right? He's in Jesus' inner circle. You're in my inner circle. You're so close by me and I'm counting on you. <laughs> but this very next verse says, from then on, Jesus began to clearly reveal to his disciples that he was destined to go to Jerusalem and suffer injustice from the elders, leading priests and religious scholars. He also explained that he would be killed and three days later be raised to life again. Now, you and I think that's a great plan. You know, thank you, Jesus, for that plan. Amen. But Peter, in the moment, he sees it differently. Verse 22, Peter took Jesus aside to correct him privately. <laughs> he reprimanded Jesus over and over, saying to him, God forbid, master, spare yourself. You must never let this happen to you. And then we all know what happens next. Those of you that have read this passage before, in verse 23, it says, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get out of my way, Satan. Get out of my way. You are a hindrance to me. Why? Because your thoughts are only filled with man's viewpoints and not the ways of God. And what he was saying there was your opinion is different than God's agenda. Therefore, you're going to have to get out the way. Get off the microphone right now. And I'm not suggesting that you start making a habit of telling your friends tomorrow, get thee behind me, Bob. <laughs> but I am suggesting that the opinion of man must get behind the opinion of God. And that happens when you never let go of the mic, right? And you say, thank you for that. I appreciate that. You know, thank you so much for calling, texting, coming by my office, for sending me that note. That was awesome and amazing. Thank you so much. I've still got the mic. <laughs> Can we all just thank Peter for that brilliant insight? You know, now you're gonna just have to get out of the way because everything that's not God's agenda goes in the back and God's agenda for my life, Jesus was saying, stays in the front. He was guarding his heart. And the last thing you do in a great meeting after you've done all that and in your life, of course, you've done some other great things, hopefully like, you know, casting some vision and, you know, you explain some things and you've gone over some reports, et cetera, right? But you wrap up with a positive and an inspiring landing. You save the best for last. And that's what you've got to do on Thursday. You've got to plan on Thursday when you have a Friday meeting. You've got to start with a plan and a plant. I'm going to start with something positive today. I'm going to set some boundaries and I'm going to keep on holding the mic. But at the end of the day, you got to end your story with something positive that God has 
spoken over your life. I hope our ears are tuned. Lord, speak to me. You've got to guard your heart, but the second word is you've got to garner something. And what are we garnering? We've got to garner God's opinion of us. So garner, if we don't know that word, that's not a word we use very much. It just means to gather, to store up. We've got to gather and store up God's opinion of us. And you've got to take some time to immerse yourself in the agenda of God for your life and the attitude of God about who you are. Otherwise, you could live your whole life on one sentence from somebody else. I honestly thought I'd I'd told this story many times in my life and even in ministry, probably because it's been a story in my life that's been very loud on my microphone. But when Deanna and I, we were were in some deep conversations earlier this year, I found out that Deanna didn't even know that this happened about me. And that was simply that in my junior high years of school, I was at a private Christian school and I was relentlessly bullied by a couple guys at the, the school there that I attended. I mean, they were ruthless in so many ways publicly humiliating me at times um, and in all of our lives where that's, that's kind of the identity and f- where f- formation is happening in the junior high years, right? Self-confidence in who we are and what we believe about ourselves is happening in that crucial time. And I, I won't get into the dirty details, but I shed a lot of tears during that time. A lot of us shed a lot of tears during that junior high years, right? And I, I specifically remember one day I mean, this is the, the moment that replays in a scene in my mind, and it has so many times, walking off the soccer field where one of the, the bullies, who was twice my size, if you can imagine that, <laughs> you know, said very loudly so that everybody, the whole soccer team, all the coaches could hear as we were walking back to the soccer room, he said, Shoop, you will never amount to anything. And he said it, I mean, he said it just so loudly. And there were so many instances in my life, Shoop was what he called me, and um, so many times where, where he would just, these people would do these things so publicly and the coach heard it that day and we were walking off the field and he, he turned to me, he was walking right next to me and I can remember him so, it was almost like an immediate band-aid to the, the harsh wound. He said, Sean, is he talking to you? And I remember him saying, I, 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 I don't know if he physically put his arm around me, but it felt like he, he was putting his arm around me. He just said, you know, don't listen to him. God has so much in store for you. He's an idiot, don't listen to him. <laughs> and I realized even just recently that I've been fighting that echo of you will never amount to anything for most of my adult life. God has been working on peeling back the layers of just even that one moment of walking off the field and other moments of you know, bullying and humiliation so that I could finally get to a place where I could say out loud that God's got a calling on my life to lead people in ministry. God has partnered in, with me and Deanna to do a miracle in the lives that only he can do and to lead people to Jesus and to lead people to grace and to set people free to set people free from you know, being brokenhearted. And it was when I fully let God speak to my broken heart, Sean, that guy, what he said about you, you know, I never said that about you. I've got a purpose and a plan for you that is better than you can ever think of or imagine. So put that on the microphone. And that's how John 10, 10 became a life verse for me. The devil, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. 
And I just want to encourage us today, as much as we've got to guard against the enemy, and yes, absolutely, in some cases, guard against our inner circle. And yes, for sure, guard against that guy in the court of opinion. And yes, guard against our own thoughts that don't match up with God's thoughts. But to do that, we have to garner which means to gather and to store up what God is saying and thinking about me. The psalmist said it this way, the fountain of life flows from you to satisfy me. In your light of holiness, we receive the light of revelation. A lot of words that God even spoke to us at the beginning of the service through worship about darkness and light. In your light of holiness, we receive the light of revelation. So what does God want you to put on the mic? I'm gonna give us seven things and we're done. And these will go quickly. We've talked about them in different ways in the past, but I wanna give us something to think about every day, even for this week that you can use. I have a prayer that every one of these is just telegraphed, microphoned, you know, amplified um, to all of us by the design of God's Holy Spirit that he will just speak to us. This is God's thinking, okay? I would say it's God's opinion, but I don't even, that's not right. We know from scripture that God's thoughts are higher than opinion, okay? God's opinion is absolute and it's unchanging truth. And that is what he's saying. This, these things are what he's saying about you. So number one, I am worth Jesus to God. Is that for anybody this morning? Because what was on the mic and what has been in the stories, you don't matter and nobody cares and you're insignificant and nobody sees you. Your life is incidental. You'll never amount to anything. And you somehow have let that voice of opinion domino into your present moment and underneath it all, you still don't feel worthy. And I still struggle with that feeling sometimes, but God is saying, I've got an opinion that needs to get on the mic and here's the opinion you are worth Jesus to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are worth Jesus to me. And there will never be a person or a success or a victory or an opportunity on planet earth that's gonna top that. God thinks you're valuable enough that a king came to rescue you. So get that on the mic. Number two, second thing, no harm has been done to me that can't be overcome by the love God has for me. No wound, and yeah, maybe that wound sliced deep. No words, even though those words pierced and burned me, but no harm has been done to me that can be overcome by the love that God has for me. Yes, it was real. And yes, there's a scar, but God is greater and the relentless love of God can overcome whatever has been done to me. Third thing, there is sin in my record, but my record has been blotted out by his blood. I love this, Isaiah 45. A lot of you, the opinion on the mic is your failure. You feel like you've struck out. Everybody knows what you did. So there's shame in the story. There's guilt in the story. There's condemnation. Your record is your record, right? And you need to know that there is a new opinion and heaven has a view. And heaven's view is yes, for sure. There's, there's something on your record, but it has been blotted out by his blood. <laughs> that might be the story that you just want to put at the end of this day today. On Thursday, after it all wound down, I'm going to lay my head down on that grace and mercy of God and just remind myself before I go to sleep, yes, 
I've got that record. I've read it many times. <laughs> but that record, praise God, has been blotted out by the precious blood of the Lamb of Almighty God. That is the truth. So let's get that on the mic. Number four, if God says, I can, say it with me. I can. Let's do the second part. When God says, I have, say it with me. I have. You're going to have to get those people off the mic that told you you can't. You'll never be able to do that. You'll never be able to break free. You'll never be able to overcome that. You'll never be able to go to grad school. You'll never break your family's patterns. You'll never accomplish anymore. You'll never get out of your dad's shadow. You'll never amount to anything. You need to get that stuff off the mic and get on the mic what God says. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And if God says I can do it, I can. And if God says I have it, then I have it. And I'm gonna operate in the opinion of heaven over my life. We're gonna get ready to close and pray in just a moment. Bob, you can come on up. Number five. I like this one in, in, in light of the conversation we've been in this last year. I am on an essential assignment from God. Get that opinion on the mic. Yes. If you weren't considered an essential worker during the pandemic, this is not even cheating. Even if you are between jobs right now, you're still on an essential assignment from heaven. Amen. Well, I'm in a weird season right now because my degree is on hold and I'm not working at the warehouse. Well, you might be you know, working at the warehouse, but I promise you the God of heaven has an essential assignment for you there, even in the warehouse. It's all through the book of Acts, right? We just talked about our assignment. And while all your friends can talk about you know, what is the last pointless thing that they did and what the next pointless thing they wanna invite you to, you've got to have in your mind, I am guarding my heart and I'm garnering God's opinions of me. And I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to waste a weekend with you guys because I'm on an essential assignment from God. There is a reason he created me and there is a purpose spoken over my life. There is a calling on me and there is a gifting in me and my life matters. Cities depend on my life. Nations may depend on my life. Families depend on my life and the plans of God on earth include me. So can we just encourage every 20 year old to take a deep breath of that every day? <laughs> every 30 something person in the room to just take a deep breath of that. Your life matters and it's not about that text that you received, it's about, it's about the one that you already received from the king of the universe who said, you're here for a purpose. Number six, I'm not the sum of my wins and losses, but I am a loved son of the most high God. And you might wanna read it this way, I'm not defined by my best or my worst, I'm a loved daughter the most high God. Can I just say, you're not defined by that last deal that you closed or the last one that blew up in your face or the thing that happened at work this week or how you failed your family this week. You're defined as a child of God. So get that on the mic. And then lastly, here's an opinion. You want an opinion? You want to get an opinion on the mic? Get an opinion on like this. God is greater than my circumstance. Do you know our circumstance right now, Sean? <laughs> Have you seen my circumstance? It's rough. I don't, but I know. 
God does. <laughs> and I know it's not gonna stop him from loving you and leading you and using you and fulfilling his purpose for you. And so we need to get the message off the mic that says, man, you know, you know, we'd like to serve, but it's been a rough season. You know, we'd like to be more generous, but it's been a rough season. We'd like to believe in God and be a part of his story, but it's such a rough season. And the only thing that, that's on our storyline right now is the season we're in. And the only thing that gets the mic right now is the cancer or the rehab or the divorce or the joblessness or the tension in our family or the depression. All of that gets the mic right now. And every time we're together, that's all that's on the mic. And God doesn't want you to minimize the difficulty that you're walking through. He just wants you to maximize in understanding that whatever your circumstance, he is That's the opinion of heaven. So you're not gonna get washed out by this circumstance. God is gonna end up using the circumstance to accomplish something great through your life because he is greater. So guard your heart, that's up to you. You've got to start guarding it well, but also garner, gather, store up his opinion of you and get it on the mic. Father God, we thank you for speaking to us. Let's stand. We thank you for speaking to us this morning. Can we just put out our hands just in a way of surrender this morning? We want to be open at every part of our lives to give you the microphone, to let you speak into our lives, to give you that place in our lives, to speak over the voices of all the opinions, all the, all the different voices that are trying to grab the mic. We want you to, to have the mic the loudest. And God, I want to grow, I want to learn, I want the, the opinions and all the, all the voices. I want to be in a place where I'm not closing them out or shutting them out, but I need to know, I need to guard and filter what comes through all the way to my spirit because out of my spirit is where the life flows. And so I need to guard it. Help me to guard it well. Holy Spirit, <clears throat> I pray that the words that come out of our mouth would be words that you've given us, that you would speak through us wherever we go. Let us just be the mouthpiece for you to speak through. God, the more time that we spend in communion with you, the more that we sound like you. So let it be so. Guard our hearts, but also garner up, gather up, store up the opinions of what you have spoken over us, your plans, your purposes, your life that is to be abundant and good. God, we thank you for it mighty name we pray. Amen.